Hey, Pastor Stephen here. Welcome to the Abundant Springs podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check us out online at AbundantSprings.Church. And now, on to this week's message. Do you remember dating? Do you remember the last date that you went on or when you first started dating someone that you were really interested in? I, I remember when Embry and I first started going out together in high school. You know, we always wanted to be around each other. We were always on the phone with each other. It seemed like all the time we were calling whenever possible. And I remember lots of, of landline woes. You know, their, their, their whole uh, family's phone was out in the kitchen area. And so she'd have to sit on the phone out in the kitchen and you could hear people in the background like, hey, you need to get off the phone now, all of that, you know. Uh, or you, you'd, be, uh, you'd be talking on the phone and you'd hear a little quiet click of another line picking up for someone to listen in. I mean, you, you kids nowadays, you have no idea the, the trials and tribulations that we had to go through when we were going out and trying to talk on the phone. But the, the point is, is that you always want to be around the person that you're going out with, right? When you're first going out, you're, you're talking with each other and you just want to be with each other and you just want to be close to each other and, and all of that. And, it, you know, if you've gone out at all, what you begin to realize is that if the person stops taking opportunities to be around you, if the phone calls stop, that's when you need to get worried, right? Like if you go out with somebody and then after you've gone out with them, you know, a day goes by, another day goes by, another day goes by and, and you haven't heard from them, you start to think to yourself, there's a problem here. Why haven't they called? Nowadays, we, we call this kind of thing ghosting, right? You might go out with someone or you might have a friend and you don't want to be their friend anymore or you don't want to be going out with them anymore. And instead of telling them that to their face, you, you just stop communicating with them. You don't pick up their phone calls. You don't communicate with them. You, you know, unfriend them on Facebook, whatever it may be. But what I've noticed is, is that no matter the relationship, you can tell a lot about it by how people communicate with one another. In a similar vein, you can tell a lot about your relationship with God. We can tell a lot about our relationship with God by our relationship with prayer. What's your prayer life like? That's going to tell you a lot about your life with God. See, intentionally or not, a lot of us have been ghosting our creator and our savior. We've put our lives, our prayer life on airplane mode, when in reality, what God is calling us to do is to turn off the airplane mode in our prayer lives and to just keep on calling him. So I wonder today, what is it that holds us back from prayer? What's holding you back from prayer? Perhaps it is that you think it just doesn't work, right? You've, you've had too many experiences where it didn't pan out. Maybe you were praying for a loved one who was dealing with some kind of illness. Maybe they were dealing with cancer or something like that. And at the end of the day, after you were praying with all kinds of faith, they still died. And, and so your, your faith is shaken and you're thinking to yourself, no, prayer doesn't work. Or maybe it's that you just think it's not worthwhile. You, you figure you're a pretty self-reliant person, so you can go ahead and just work harder and you don't have to worry about that prayer stuff. Perhaps it's that you don't want to bug God. You figure, hey, he's got bigger things 
to deal with. He's got a lot of things on his plate. He doesn't need me. Or maybe you don't feel worthy of God. You're like, God, you know the things that I've done and, and you don't want anything to do with me. Or maybe, in fact, you're watching today and you're not actually into all of this Jesus stuff, all of this God stuff. You're just checking this out because it popped up on Facebook or someone invited you or the whole COVID-19 situation has you just wanting to see what other people are doing to deal with this. And can I just share with you, I'm really glad that you're here. I'm really glad that you're with us today, that you've checked in. And, and I hope that even if you come out of today thinking to yourself, well, that was interesting, but I'm not ready to get on board the whole Jesus train yet, that something encourages you, that something inspires you. So today we're going to look and, and begin to try to discover a little bit about why it is so hard for some of us to go to God with the things that we need. These are some of the things that we're going to look at today. And I believe that what we're going to look at is going to inspire you and may just revolutionize your prayer life with God. Heavenly Father, I ask today that you will work in us, that you will encourage us, that you will build us up. God, that you will break through the barriers in our lives that hold us back from a genuine prayer life with you, that hold us back from coming to you humbly, but also boldly and just saying, God, here's what I need. Here's my situation. Will you encourage me? Will you be at work in this situation? And so Lord, right now, I just call on you to be at work in each of our hearts. And I ask that you'll take these feeble human words that I'm about to speak and make them something worthwhile through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, we're going to be in the gospel of Luke. Now, a, a gospel, what that really is, is gospel means good news. This is an account of Jesus's life and his message. And so the, the gospel of Luke is written by the physician and historian Luke. So to set the stage here, Jesus' disciples had just asked Jesus how they can pray. How, Lord, how should we pray? And so Jesus shares with them probably the most prayed prayer in the Bible. It's the Lord's Prayer. Even if you're not a church person, you may know it. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, right? And as he finishes his prayer, we come here to verse five, and this is what we read. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend. And you go to him at midnight and said, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine has come on a journey and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, Yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Our first instinct when we read this passage tends to be to look at it as, as something where Jesus is telling us we need to be persistent, 
right? In fact, a lot of translations use that word, uh, persistence, instead of shameless audacity. We, we, we think that this is all about us just needing to keep on going and, and bugging God until he does what we want us to do. And, and certainly there is an element of persistence in this passage, but it, it's more than that. Jesus is telling us here that God is honorable, And that God wants you to shamelessly and audaciously come to him in prayer. See, many translations, they take that shameless audacity, which in the Greek is anadeia, and they translate it persistence instead of shameless because they look at other words in the passage, ask, seek, and knock, which are actually verbs in what's called the present active imperative. These bring across a sense of, Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. And so translators have determined that Anadiah needs to, to be translated in that kind of vein. And so the, this idea that, that the, the friend responds because of persistence. But actually, Anadiah doesn't hold that kind of sense. It actually means shamelessness. Why this is so important for us to understand today is because when we think of the culture that Jesus and his disciples lived in, it was a culture of shame and honor, especially when it came to hospitality. And when we begin to look at this passage through the lens of shame, honor, and hospitality, we begin to understand that we can talk to God about anything at any time. So let's break down the story a little bit that Jesus shares. The asker comes to his friend in the middle of the night, say midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Everything is bolted. Everyone is in bed. Everyone is asleep and comes knocking on the door. Put yourself in that friend's position. You're in bed. It's some ungodly hour of the night. And all of a sudden your doorbell starts to ring over and over and over again. It doesn't put you in a very good mood from a human standpoint. But the reason he's doing this, the reason why he is shamelessly and audaciously coming to his friend is because he is honor-bound to provide hospitality for a guest, and he cannot do it. So he goes to his friend to try to fix the problem. To not take a guest into your home and to not provide them with a meal to eat would bring shame on this man. Jesus makes a point of saying the one being asked doesn't respond positively because he's this guy's friend. But again, it has to do with shame and honor. He has been asked to help his friend maintain honor, and now he must respond honorably. See, to ignore this request would bring shame not only on him for not helping his friend's important request, but it would also bring shame on the entire village, the community, because of a refusal to offer proper hospitality to a visitor. This man was honor-bound to help, even at this late hour. And then Jesus goes on to encourage his disciples in response to this, to bring their requests to God. See, friend, what you need to understand is that Jesus is encouraging you to go to God in prayer. He says, you can bring your prayers, you can bring your requests, you can bring your needs, you can bring the wants and desires of your heart to God boldly in prayer at any time and he will answer you. 
He desires to do that. See, your heavenly father wants to answer your prayers. So keep on asking. That, that's what this all boils down to is your heavenly father wants to answer your prayers. So just keep on asking. Friends, if this sleeping neighbor will get up and give bread to save face, then Jesus' point is how much more will the creator and savior of the world who loves you so much that he sent his son to live a sinless life and then die a brutal death on a cross three days later to raise again, taking upon himself your sin, the, the consequence for your sin, the brokenness of your sin, the shame of your sin, and, and having it all buried with him and giving you victory over sin, death, and Satan, the God who loves you enough to go and do that will answer your prayers. And so Jesus encourages his followers in light of all of this to do three things. He says, ask, seek, and knock. And Jesus tells us this because he knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that his heavenly father really does want to answer the prayers of his children. Let's briefly look at each of these three directives from Jesus. The first is this, keep asking for something that you need provided. Keep on asking for something that you need provided. If, if you need food, if you need clothing, if there's some sort of necessity that you need when you have none, this whole COVID thing has you out of work and you're desperately in need of something, he says, keep asking for it. God will answer your prayer. Maybe it's that you, you want the Holy Spirit of God and you want more of God. You want more of his strength. You want more of his boldness. You want to meet him in this place. You want to know him more or you want to grow in your character, in godly character. He says, just ask for something that you need provided and God who can provide it will provide it for you. I just had shared with me this past week a phenomenal story that illustrates this from my aunt and uncle in the States about two years ago, they had an, an old family car, and it, it broke down on them. They went to start it. It wouldn't start. And so on a whim, her husband went, well, maybe it's just that the battery's dead. So he went and he got the battery tested, but the battery was fine. And this old car, it, it wouldn't start anymore. But for some reason, something in him, as he thought and he prayed, he felt like he should put the battery back in the car. And so as he did, he put the battery in the car and he turned the key in the ignition and it started. He was praising God for this. And what he found was, is that he would, he would try to start the vehicle and, you know, it might not start. And then he would pray for it and it would start. And so one day the, the family, they all got gathered around the vehicle and they laid their hands on the vehicle and they prayed a shamelessly audacious prayer. They asked, Lord Jesus, will you keep this car running until we can save the money for a new vehicle? And you know what happened was for two years, that vehicle kept on running. This old beater of a car just kept on running as they saved money for a new vehicle. Now, recently... They, they had saved a certain amount of money, not a very large amount of money, and they'd been praying that God would provide for them a vehicle and ma make it really, really easy to get the vehicle, that they wouldn't have to go far to get it, but that they needed a vehicle and they needed it for the amount that they had. And they happened to mention that they were looking for a vehicle to the youth pastor at their church who said, well, you know, what, what kind of thing are you looking for? How much, 
how much are you looking to spend? They said, well, this is the small amount that we have. And, and he said, well, that's, that's perfect. And so they went out to the parking lot where this guy's minivan was, and they took a look at the minivan, and it was exactly what they needed, and the money was great. And so it turned out to be very easy. They ended up with the exact vehicle they wanted for the exact amount that they wanted. And as they got this new minivan, it pulled, you know, it was, all the paperwork was done, it pulled into their driveway, and, and they were so excited, and then on a whim, they decided to try something, and they got in the car and turned the key in the ignition, and it didn't start. Keep asking for something that you need provided, because you have a good father. Jesus says, keep on seeking for what has been lost. You can bring requests to God that seem so stupid to us at sometimes, like it's so much smaller than God, but he cares about you. If you lose your luggage, pray about it. If you lose your wallet, keep seeking it. Just, God, I need this thing. Did you lose an idea or a thought that you'd written down, written down? You lost the piece of paper. Keep on seeking. If you lost your health, keep on seeking what was lost in prayer. Perhaps there's a family member of yours, a brother or a sister, son, a daughter, a grandchild, a parent who's not serving God. It's a heartbreaking situation. But God says, keep on seeking for what has been lost. And he will continue to work in these people's lives to lead their hearts to him. Perhaps you're seeking God right now because you're realizing that, that you spent years wasted with a lukewarm faith, just kind of going, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but not really living it, not really connected to him. Keep seeking what was lost and God will restore you. Keep seeking even with the smallest of things. A few years ago, my son Joshua, he, I'd given him a, a, a fountain pen. Uh, just a, a little one for him to, to play around with. And he got mad one day and he threw it against the wall. <laughs> and, and when he threw it against the wall, it, it was crazy because we, we found the cap of the pen, but we could never find the pen. It had just gone missing. We looked everywhere. We tore, tore apart his room. We looked out in the hallway. We looked like, literally everywhere and we could not find this pen to the point that we actually gave up at one point. But about a week or two later, I, I just got into this mood where I went, I got to find this crazy pen. And I began to look in, in weird places. I was looking in the hall closet. I was looking in his closet. I was going into his bed. I, I was lifting up the heat register vents, all kinds of things. And then all of a sudden, I just felt like I should stop and pray. So I stopped and I prayed and I was like, God, just help me find this pen. This is driving me nuts, God. Where is this pen? And like that, suddenly the thought occurred to me, have you checked in his door? That makes no sense. Why would you check in somebody's bedroom door? But I decided, well, you know what? Let's do that. So I grabbed a chair and, and got up to the top of his door. As I looked at his door, it turns out that the people that installed that door had bought a door that didn't fit, a hollow core door, and had chopped to the top off of it which is interesting. So there's a big opening in the top of his door. And I, I took my phone flashlight and I, I peered down into the door and there was a glint from the bottom of his door that, that caught the light. And so I took the door off of the hinges and I flipped it upside down and began to shake it out. And guess what fell on the floor? The pen that had been lost had been sitting in the door. 
Something I never would have thought to check, but upon prayer, an idea was put in my mind. God answers prayer. Keep seeking the big things and the little things. And finally, keep knocking. Keep knocking on a door to see God-given opportunities open. Maybe it's that you need favor with key people in order to move forward in what you feel like God wants you to be doing. Maybe you're, you're just looking for the right job to be available. You want a job that honors God. And so you're, you're looking for that to happen. Maybe God has put a vision in your heart for something great on the horizon, for you to start a club, for you to start a business, for you to, to go and, and just pursue a dream that he has given you. But it seems like everywhere you go, there's, there's obstacles in your way. Keep on knocking for a door to open so that God-given opportunities can be given to you. Pray for closed hearts and minds to be open to you. Or maybe there's a friendship that's on the rocks because of something and someone's mind has been closed to you. Their heart has been closed to you. Keep knocking and it will be opened to you. Don't stop praying until this happens or or God says to stop. Listen, there's an element of persistence to, to all of these things, all right? You see, keep knocking, keep asking, keep seeking. So we do need to keep going, but I also want to point out here that I don't think that's Jesus's main point. I don't think his main point is that you just keep, need to keep on pestering God about the exact same thing. I actually think that his point here is that we should never stop praying. That his point here is that we should never get to the point where we say, you know what, God is tired of hearing my requests. Where we should say that, you know, this isn't worth God's time. No, God wants you to always, to never stop bringing your requests to him. Keep asking him, keep seeking, keep knocking for the things that are in your heart. Bring them to him individually, bring them to him corporately as we gather together for prayer. Listen, if you do this, if you bring your requests to God, he will never turn a deaf ear to you as his child. There's an exercise that I I want to share with you that I think will really help each one of us. I know it helps me with never giving up on prayer and with always bringing everything I can to God in prayer. And it's this, every day, write down even the smallest answers to prayer. What I mean by that is that even one little step forward towards the answer that you're asking God for is an answer to prayer for that day. If you're praying for somebody that you know to be healed and there's an improvement, that is an answer to prayer. If you are praying for someone that you know to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior and there's an opening, a softness of the heart, if there's a good conversation that happened, that is an answer to prayer. Write it down. Start a prayer journal. The reason that we do this is one, because it encourages us as we see what God is doing. Two, because it gives us a gracious heart as as, as we just have a heart of gratitude and say, thank you, God, for all that you've been doing. And three, because it inspires us to never stop praying. Friends, scripture tells us very clearly, you do not have because you do not ask. Sometimes our prayers take a little while, a little while for God to answer. But you know, there's one prayer that God always answers, that he always answers with yes, and that he always answers without delay. And that's a prayer. 
turning your life over to him, accepting this free gift of salvation. What's salvation? Salvation just means that we accept Jesus into our lives and and take that gift that he has offered us, that he bought for us on the cross, where he says, I want to take everything that separated you from me, all the brokenness that sin causes, I'm going to cleanse you. I'm taking that sin away. You're no longer a slave to it. I forgive you. I adopt you. If you want that, if you want to communicate with the God of peace and love. If you want to know that there is nothing in life that is too great for the one that you serve, if you want a relationship with the one who made you and sacrificed so much for you, if you want life that goes beyond death, if you want to be made new and transformed, then today I'm going to give you the opportunity to pray a prayer that God has already answered if in your heart you want this. And that prayer is a prayer of commitment to Jesus. So right now, maybe there's something stirring in your heart. Maybe there's a a feeling, maybe there's a sense of emotion going through you, or maybe it's just a, a mental acknowledgement that yes, this is the thing that I need to do right now. All, all around here, wherever you are, I'm going to just encourage you to close your eyes and everyone pray this prayer with me. And if you pray it from your heart, know that you are stepping into a lifelong journey of being in a relationship with God, a, a journey that brings with it an entire family of all those who throughout history have followed God and that we love you and that we want to support and encourage you. Will you pray this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I know that you offer to forgive those sins. Set me free, Lord. I give you my life. Today, please give me yours. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and transform me from the inside out. I commit from this day forward to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer with me, let me just share with you today that you just made a wonderful decision that you set out on a journey with Jesus that is going to see you never alone, never without hope, never without love. Right now, you'll see in the comments uh, below that that there's a a message that popped up in church online that says, raise my hand, I commit my life to Jesus. Will you press that button and let us know that you just made this decision? If you're on YouTube or you're on Facebook or you're listening later, will you just send us a comment that says, yes, I'm giving my life to Jesus. And, And you'll see that there is a link right now for you to be able to tell us who you are and connect with us. We wanna be able to get resources in your hand and connect you with people that can help you As you go along on this journey with God and with others, we believe that you need encouragement, that we all need encouragement. We believe that this is something that's meant to be done in community and that our best self is found when we walk together following Jesus. I hope that you'll all join me again next week as we continue to talk about prayer and we begin to look at the way that God, our Heavenly Father, wants to give you good gifts. God bless. We'll see you next week.